السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يدلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله قال الله تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون وقال تعالى يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا وقال الله تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وكولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويوفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يتع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وأحسن الهديات محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محتثاتها وكل محتثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار All praise and thanks is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Peace and salutations upon Muhammad ibn Abdullah, salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayh. Peace and salutations upon his family, upon his friends, and upon all those who try to emulate him until the end of times. Respected brothers and sisters in Islam, it is indeed the start of a new Islamic year, Muharram 1443. And many of us who have gone through great difficulties last year, and many of us, we find ourselves that we have lost loved ones. Many of us, ourselves that are still around today, walhamdulillah, but we experience sickness. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through His divine names and attributes that this new year becomes a year of good and khair and a much better year that we have experienced in 1442. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive all those that have passed away and to grant them a high place in Jannah. And to all those that are sick, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant them shifa'an kamilan. As you have seen on the poster, and this is alhamdulillah why we've logged on, that inshallah tonight we will be discussing the biography of the grandson of Muhammad Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Hussein ibn Ali ibn Abi Talib May Allah be pleased with both of them And there are a few reasons why we discuss 
or why I've chosen to discuss the biography of Hussein radiallahu an. And the main reason is that we live in a time, we live in societies, in communities, where on the one hand, sometimes we find that people are afraid to speak about Hussein radiallahu an, especially during the month of Muharram. And they fear that they might be labeled a certain group or following a certain way. And then we find with the life of Hussein radiallahu an that another group of people during this time of Muharram they attribute things to Hussein radiallahu an which certainly isn't correct. So I've decided to look at the biography, a very short biography of this great Imam Sibt al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the grandson of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the first point I would like to look at is his lineage huwa al-Husayn ibn Ali ibn Abi Talib al-Hashimi al-Qurashi ibn Fatimah bint Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam وصبته وريحانته من الدنيا المكن بأبي عبد الله. So his name was Hussein, the son of Ali ibn Abi Talib, al-Hashimi al-Qurashi. He was the son of Fatima, who was the daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He and his brother Hassan was known as Rayhanatu Minad Dunya. And his kunya was Abdullah. Hafiz al Dhahabi in Siyar Alay Nubala. He says regarding Hussein. Walsifan iyahu bil Imam al Sharif al Kamil. صبت الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم وريحانته من الدنيا ومحبوبه. So similar to what we started, but he says that he was يعني محبوبه. He was beloved. أبو عبد الله. His kunya was عبد الله. الحسين ابن أمير المؤمنين. And he was the son of the leader. Of the believers. And his father was Abil Hassan Ali ibn Abi Talib. And we find that Abu Nu'im, he says that he was Abu Abdullah Al Hussein ibn Ali ibn Abi Talib, Rayhana to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, washabihuhu. And if you looked at Hussein, then you would find that he looked like Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fi udhunihi hina wulida. That the Prophet peace be upon him, he made adhan in his ear. He is Sayyidu shabab ahlul jannah. He is the leader of the youth of Jannah. He is Khamis Ahlul Kisa. And this was the story of Al Kisa. He is Ibn Sayyidatun Nisa. And he is the son of the greatest of women. And this is basically three definitions or three explanations of the lineage of Hussein. And if one were to look at his family tree, then we see that his grandfather was Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And his grandmother was Khadija bint Khuwaylid. And his father was Ali ibn Abi Talib. And his mother was Fatima. And his brother was Hassan. And how beautiful and wonderful is this family tree. So Hussein radiallahu an, he comes out of a great family. Where his grandfather, bin rahmatulil alameen, khatamun nabihin. His grandfather was a mercy unto mankind. His grandfather was the seal of all prophets, Muhammad ibn Abdullah al-Hashimi al-Qurashi, salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi. His grandmother was the first lady to embrace Islam. The first wife of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. His father was the fourth khalifa of Islam, the great warrior of Islam, Ali ibn Abi Talib. And his mother was Fatima binti Rasulullah, the daughter of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And his brother Hassan, his brother Hassan, he was that person, that great person, that great leader of Islam. That in order to make suluh between the Muslims, he gave his khalifa to Muawiyah radiyallahu anhu. So now we move on to his birth. Walid al-Husayn, Imam Hussein, or Hussein radiallahu anhi was born on the 5th of Sha'ban, the 4th year after Hijrah. And this is according to the preponderant view in Madinatun Nabawiyah, in the city of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we're not going to go into too much detail of how he grew up, etc. Because time obviously does not allow us. The Prophet sallallahu relationship with Hussein and his eldest brother, Hassan. Anas ibn Malik. He says... يقول سئل رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أي أهل بيتك أحب إليك قال الحسن والحسين وكان يقول للفاطمة أدعي لي ابني 
فيشمهما ويضمهما إليه هذا حديث غريب من هذا الوجه من حديث أنس So this hadith is narrated in the jami' of Imam At-Tirmidhi Abu Isa At-Tirmidhi rahimallahu ta'ala and there is some discussions with regard to how authentic this hadith is some say it's authentic some say it has a bit of weakness but Anas ibn Malik he said that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he was asked which of the people of your house are most beloved to you who is the most beloved to you O messenger of Allah he said al Hassan and al Hussein. these are his grandchildren and he used to say to Fatima call my two sons for me Call them to me so that I may smell them and I may hug them. This, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, shows us and teaches us the love that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam had for his grandsons. And this is also an important lesson for myself and yourselves and especially for those older, those brothers and sisters that has grandchildren, try to play with them. Try to hug them, show them affection, because this was the way and the manhaj, the methodology of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam with his grandchildren. Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him, he said, Qala qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, man ahabba al Hassan wal Hussein faqad ahabbani, wa man abghadahuma faqad abghadani. Abu Huraira he narrates a hadith where he says Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Whomsoever loves Hassan and Hussein loves me and each and every believer young and old, male and female whatever country comes from in the world he loves Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam but in order to love Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we need to love his family. And this is Hassan and Hussein, his grandchildren. And he says that whosoever dislikes Hassan and Hussein, he has indeed disliked me. This hadith is found in the Sunan of Imam al-Nasai with a Hassan chain of narrations. We find in another narration that Abu Huraira radiyallahu anhi narrates that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he comes out one day and Hassan and Hussein is with him Hassan is, is on his one shoulder and Hussein is on the other shoulder and then he kisses Hassan and then he kisses Hussein And then a person comes and asks him, O oh, Messenger of Allah, Ya Rasulullah, Innaka tuhibbuhuma? Do you indeed love these two? Referring to Hassan and Hussein. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then says, Whomsoever loves the two of them has loved me, and whomsoever hates the two of them, or whomsoever dislikes the two of them, dislikes me. And this narration is found in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad and the Hadith is Hassan.
Ibn Abi Nu'am, he reports that a person asked Abdullah Ibn Umar whether a Muslim could kill flies. And this person was from that was asking this question was from the people of Iraq. And the people of Iraq and especially Ahlu Kufa, as we will see later on, and inshallah we'll get to this, I'm not going to mention it now. So the people they were from the people of Iraq and they asked this man asked Muhammad Sal or Abdullah ibn Umar that can a Muslim kill flies? Abdullah ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with both of them, he replies and he says, the people of Iraq are asking about the killing of flies, whilst they themselves murdered the son of the daughter of Allah's messenger. They murdered the grandson Hussein radiallahu And then Abdullah ibn Umar says that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, dunya, that they are two sweet basils in this dunya. And this, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, is an important lesson. They come to Abdullah ibn Umar and they want to worry about something petty. But they forget that the Ahlu Kufa betrayed Hussein, they betrayed his father, Ali. May Allah be pleased with both of them. But you want to worry about killing flies. So now we move on to the physical description of Hussein radiallahu an. Uqba bin al-Harith. He said that I went out with Abu Bakr radiallahu an following the Asr prayer a few days after the death of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Ali radiallahu an was walking beside him. So Abu Bakr comes out and with him is Ali radiallahu an. And they pass by Al-Hasan ibn Ali the brother of Hussein, who was playing with some boys. And Abu Bakr picks him up and carries him on his shoulder and he says to him, May my father be sacrificed for him, the one who looks like Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then Abu Bakr radiallahu an, he makes a joke and he says, and he does not look like Ali. And Ali radiallahu an smiles. So Hassan radiallahu an, the brother of Hussein, his facial description resembled that of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As for Hussein radiallahu an, his father Ali said, Al-Hasan mostly resembles the messenger of Allah between the navel and the head. And Hussein resembles the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam from below the navel to the feet. 
However, if we look at the next hadith which is found in the Sahih of Al-Bukhari, then we will find that Anas ibn Malik, he says that the head of Hussein radiyallahu an was brought to Ubaidullah ibn Ziyad and was put on a tray and then Ibn Ziyad started playing with a stick at the nose and the mouth of Al-Husayn's head. Billah. And he said something about the handsome features of him. Anas radiallahu anh then said to Ubaidullah ibn Ziyad that Al-Husayn resembled the Prophet more than the others did. And Anas added, that Al-Husayn's hair was dyed with wasma. And wasma is a kind of plant used as a dye. So Anas radiallahu an was in and out of the house of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If you look at the Shamail al-Tirmidhi of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the descriptions of the Prophet, you'll find that there are many hadith of Anas ibn Malik. So he exactly knew the description of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So he says that Al-Husayn also resembled facial features of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam like his brother Hassan. And Allah azza wa jal knows best. وَقَدْ كَانَ الْحُسَيْنِ And know that Husayn radiyallahu an شَدِيدُ السَّوَادُ رَأْسِ وَالْلِحْيَةِ That he had extremely black hair as well as his beard being extremely black. Alhamdulillah. So now we move on to Hussein radiallahu anz, his narrations of hadith and his fiqh. Kana al-Husayn aliman faqihan that Hussein radiyallahu an he was an alim he was a religious scholar he was a faqih he was someone that understood the understandings of fiqh ma'dudan fi mufti sahaba and he was counted as one of the muftis one of those people that would pass religious verdicts of the companions. Ibn Qayyim in A'lam al-Muwaqi'een an Rabbil Alameen he says that he was from the Fuqaha al-Sahaba. That he says that he was from the religious scholars and the scholars of fiqh of the companions. With regards to a hadith, Hussein radiallahu anhi has a very little narrations of hadith. There are two reasons that the ulama give for this. Number one, and this was not just Hussein radiallahu anhi, this was the likes of Anas ibn Malik and many others of the companions. They narrated very little a hadith as they feared they would fall into mistakes. They feared that they would might narrate wrong. And based on this, they maybe never narrated 
as much hadith as others. And many of them based the stance on the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam where the messenger of Allah peace be upon him he says man kadhaba alayya mutaammidan that whomsoever fabricates a lie against me they make a lie against me on purpose that he builds for himself a place in the fire of Jahannam he builds for himself a place in the fire of Jahannam so whomsoever lies against Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and here whether he lies for the messenger of Allah trying to make people worship Allah better trying to make people follow Muhammad peace be upon him better or he just fabricates a lie saying that the Prophet said this and that both of this makes this person fall and build themselves a place in the fire of Jahannam the second point that Hussein radiallahu an he was extremely young while spending time with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam he was born in the fourth year after Hijrah which means he spent about between six and six and a half years with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and obviously under this the ulama they bring a discussion can you take hadith from someone that is young or what age do they have to reach to have accepted hadith etc and obviously this is not a time for discuss for discussing this but many of the ulama they say once a child reaches the age of mumayiz tamiz he can differentiate between what is right and what is wrong then many of the scholars they would accept hadith from this child and Allah knows best so now we're going to look at his participation in conquests where the Muslim armies would go to various countries to various cities and take over and become a Muslim state so Hussein radiallahu an he took place in the conquest of Jarjan. And this was under the leadership of Sa'id ibn al-As al-Umawi. He also took place with the conquest of Ifriqiyah. So he was in Africa as well. And under the leadership of Abdullah ibn Abi Sarh. He also took place in another battle in the year 30 after Hijrah. And the leader of this army was Sa'id ibn Aws. And in this battle or Afwan, should I rather say, in the army, was many of the Sahaba that were still around that time, as well as his brother, Hassan. May Allah be pleased with him. Abdullah ibn Abbas and Abdullah ibn Umar and Umar ibn Aws, Abdullah ibn Zubair. 
they all participated or they were all in the army which opened or the conquest of Constantinople. And this was in the year 51. In the year of the leadership of Muawiyah radiallahu anhu. And this army was led by Yazid ibn Muawiyah. Yazid the son of Muawiyah. So now we move a bit further. And we look at the status of Hussein radiallahu And his rank amongst the Sahaba. Amongst the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Urwa, may Allah be pleased with him. He was not a Sahabi at this time. He was not a Muslim. He comes to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to meet. And he returns back to his people. And he says to his people, to his tribe, he says, Oh my people, by Allah, I have been to the kings and to the Caesar and to the Kaiser and to Najashi. Yet I have never seen any of them respected by their companions as much as I have seen Muhammad respected by his companions. By Allah, if he spat, the spittle would fall in the hands of one of them. <clears throat> the Prophet wasallam's companions would rub it on his face and skin. And if he ordered them, they would carry out his order immediately. If he performed ablution, they would struggle to take the remaining water. And when they spoke, they would lower their voices. And would not look at his face constantly out of respect. So these were the men and women that surrounded Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Imagine an enemy of Islam. He describes the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's relationship with his companions. Or their relationship with a leader. And what a beautiful relationship these men and women had with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And it is for this reason that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he spoke about his companions, then he said that whomsoever curses my companions, do not curse my companions, do not curse my companions, do not curse my companions. Allahu Azza wa Jal, when he speaks about these companions, he said, Radiyallahu anhum wa radu'an, that they are pleased with Allah and Allah is pleased with him. So if you look at these companions, then you can only but love them. And if you look at these companions, you can only but make dua for them. And their relationship with the family of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Abu Bakr radiyallahu anhi says 
that look at Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam through his family. Fi ahli bayti. And if you know good to them, then you are not good to him. This is in Bukhari. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, there are many more narrations of the love that the companions have for the Ahlul Bayt. And this inshallah we will obviously discuss in next week's discussion where we look at and discuss the Ahlul Bayt and Ahlul Sunnah Wal Jama'ah. So now we move to a very important point or happening in the life of Hussein radiallahu And this incident was basically, if not the main event of Hussein radiallahu which led to his demise, to his martyrdom, to his shahada. And this happened on the day of Ashura in the year 61 of the Hijrah. And indeed, this was a great calamity. This was a huge musibah. This was a great loss to the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This was the death, the martyrdom of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's grandson who was martyred dhulman wajura unjustly. And no mu'min, no Muslim cannot be that Muslim or mu'min but that they feel pain and sadness and that they utter that Hussein radiallahu anhu was martyred unjustly. But know my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam that we need to have sabr. We need to have patience. As Allah Azza wa Jal says وَبَشِّرِ الصَّابِرِينَ And give glad tidings to those people that have patience. أَلَّذِينَ إِذَا أَصَابَتْهُمْ مُصِيبَةٌ They are those that when calamity afflicts them. When they go through some trouble and they feel extremely sad and they've lost loved ones and they lost members of the Ahlul Bayt and yes we love the Ahlul Bayt then know that they say قَالُوا إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ That they say that indeed we come from Allah and to Allah is our return. 
O slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Ya Abdullah, Ya Amatullah. And when we look at this great calamity, we need to look at this calamity from the angle of wasatiyah, from the angle of being just and taking the middle ground. Allah Azza wa Jal mentions and he says, وَجَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطَ That indeed I've created you and I've made you an ummah that is just and that is in a middle. middle. And that we've made you as an ummah We made you an ummah that does not go to either extreme. As we will see in a few moments. But also know, Ya Abdullah and Ya Amatullah, O slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that one needs to realize that the grandson of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was martyred. But so were some of the Anbiya. So were some of the companions. So were the likes of Umar, of Uthman, of Ali, and many others. May Allah be pleased with all of them. So there were far greater calamities as well in this Ummah. And not just this calamity that we are speaking about currently. There are many events that led many events that led to the martyrdom of Hussein radiallahu an and to discuss all these events why and when and what happened and who did this this takes a few settings to cover and also our topic was the biography of Hussein radiallahu an but no one can discuss Hussein radiallahu an's life without discussing his martyrdom. And as I mentioned at the start, that we find that sometimes many Sunni Muslims, those followers of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah, they are either afraid to speak about this, about Hussein, about his life, etc., and about the Ahlul Bayt in general, for being afraid that they might be called followers of such and such. And because of this gap that we, as the followers of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, sometimes tends to leave we find that foreign ideologies creeps in to our societies and communities and it corrupts many people's understanding of the deen of Allah Azza wa Jal and especially 
the events surrounding Hussein radiallahu anhu's martyrdom. Because the martyrdom of Hussein radiallahu anhu, it opened new, not alone chapters of history, but books of history. That people base their wala and bara, their love and their hatred, is based on Hussein radiallahu anhu. So forget Tawheed. Forget Shirk and Tawheed. But what do you say about Yawm Ashura? What do you say about the tenth of Muharram? And if you don't call to the slogans that we call to, if you don't call to what we call to by hitting ourselves and having 10 days of mourning and wearing black clothing and cursing the companions and cursing Muawiyah, then you're not part of us and you just like them. And if one looks at the lives of the pious predecessors, then you will find that they were not afraid to speak about the Ahlul Bayt. They were not afraid to speak about Hussein. They were not afraid to speak about Ali. Because they realized that they need to speak the truth regarding Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam's family, regarding his grandchildren, regarding his son-in-law, Ali ibn Abi Talib. And the next important point is the three different groups regarding the martyrdom of Hussein radiallahu So if we look at our society and we look at the community and the world at large and we look at Ashura and the 10th of Muharram and the events surrounding it, we find that we have three groups. The first group is those that say that the martyrdom of Hussein radiallahu was correct and it was justified. They believe that he went against the imam of his time and that the imam did the correct thing. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Man atakum wa amrukum jami'un ala rajulin wahidin yuridu ayya shukka asakum aw yufarriqa jama'atukum faqutulu. Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, this hadith is found in Bukhari, that when you are holding to one single man as your leader, you should kill who seeks to undermine your solidarity or disrupt your unity. So based on this, they said that Hussein was killed justly And this is obviously not the belief of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. This is the belief and the view of the Nasibis, the Nawasib, who had a hatred for Hussein radiallahu an and for the Ahlul Bayt. And we as Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, we reject this belief. We love the Ahlul Bayt. And we love the family of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
The second group believes that Hussein was the Imam of his time and that he was supposed to be the Imam and that he was killed unjustly. And this is the view of the Shia. We as Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah, we believe that he was killed unjustly. But we believe that Yazid was the Imam of the time and Bay'ah was given to Yazid. The third group. The third group says that he was killed unjustly. He was not the Imam of his time. He did not rebel against the leader. I repeat, he did not rebel against his leader. He was killed unjustly and he died as a martyr. And this is the view of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah. That Hussein radiallahu an, he was killed unjustly. He was not the Imam of his time. And he did not rebel against the leader. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, Al-Hasan wal-Husayn, Sayyida Shabab Ahlil Jannah. That Hassan and Hussein, they are the leaders of the youth in Jannah. And we make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we fall under the leadership in Jannah of these great grants or the great men and this grandsons of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa What also needs to be discussed in the biography of Hussein radiallahu an after discussing these three groups that we find that there are two innovations. There are two bid'ah innovations that came about that came about or that came into history after the martyrdom of Hussein radiallahu The first bid'ah the first innovation that they make this a day of sadness certain groups and this is not just in the Shia it's not just amongst the Shia, the Isna'a Sharia, the Rafidiyya, but certain groups that claims to be under the banner of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah. They also fall into this, that it is a day of sadness, we can only eat certain foods, we can only drink certain things, it is a day of mourning, it is a day of crying, it is a day of cursing as well. Putting up banners in the masjid, putting up certain slogans, putting up banners in the Husseiniyas, screaming certain slogans. Having programs for the 10 days of mourning. And if one goes to the Salaf, the likes of Imam Bukhari, the likes of Imam Muslim, the likes of Ash-Shafi'i, Al-Malik, Abu Hanifa, Imam Ahmad, scholars that came after them, 
you don't find these types of practices that took place during the time of Muharram. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said, "Laysa minna." That he is not from us, the one who slaps his cheeks, he tears his clothing, and he follows the ways and the traditions of the days of jahiliyyah, of ignorance. These are not my words. These are the words of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That this person is not from us. If he slaps his cheeks, and so imagine about slapping your cheeks. Imagine about taking sharp objects and cutting yourselves, cutting your babies, wa na'udhu billah. Tearing your clothing. Crying every single year. This is not the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Abu Burda, may Allah be pleased with him, he said that my father, Abu Musa, he got seriously ill and lost his consciousness. His head was in the lap of a woman of the family and she began to wail. When Abu Musa recovered his consciousness, he said, I am innocent of those from whom the Prophet ﷺ is innocent. For indeed the Messenger of Allah declared himself free of responsibility for a woman who wails shaves her head and tears her clothing. This hadith is found in Bukhari and Muslim. The second innovation is that of happiness and joy. And this is totally against the way of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah as well. How can a person be happy? How can a person be joyful? How can a person want to give sweets etc? Because this is the day of the martyrdom of the grandson of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi And this is why it is important. In order to oppose another view, you cannot go and do something contrary to the teachings of Islam. So in order to combat this view that the Shia have, that the Ithna Ashari has during the days of Ashura, you want to do the opposite because they said we become happy. No. This was never the way of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama. The way forward is the way of education. The way forward is speaking about the love that we have for the Ahlul Bayt. The way forward is speaking about what exactly transpired and who was responsible for the martyrdom of Hussein radiallahu anhu. Another figure that always comes up, another figure that always comes up at the time of Ashura is Yazid ibn Muawiyah. Yazid ibn Muawiyah was the Amir, he was the leader of the Muslims at that time. And a group from amongst Ahlu Sunnah they permit cursing Yazid due to them believing that he committed oppression. Another group of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah, they are of the opinion that he must be loved because he was a Muslim who ruled at the time of the companions and they pledged allegiance to him. 
they said what has been narrated regarding him is not true and he had many good qualities or he merely strived to arrive at the judgment of what he did. And under this topic or this opinion a group of people came to Muhammad ibn al-Hanafiyyah who the Shias has great respect and great love for. And they accused Yazid of drinking alcohol. And they accused Yazid of not making salah. Whereas Muhammad Hanafiya defended Yazid and he said that he is a man of good. And that he makes salah and he does not drink. Something for people that has hatred for Yazid and curses Yazid. To go and check what one of the Imams and their leaders, Muhammad al-Hanafiya, may Allah be pleased with him, has said. And this is also something important. If you start attacking Yazid, automatically you're going to start attacking his father, because his father put him there. And when you start attacking Muawiyah radiallahu anhu, Indirectly, you're going to start chipping at Uthman radiallahu anh. And if you start chipping at Uthman radiallahu anh and Ali radiallahu anh, you're going to start chipping at Umar radiallahu anh. And if you start chipping at Umar radiallahu anh, you're going to end by Abu Bakr radiallahu anh. And this is the intention. And this is the methodology of the Ithna Asharia and the Rafidiyya themselves. So what is the correct stance? The correct stance with regards to Yazid, and this is the view of many of the great scholars, is that Yazid should not be specified with love, nor should he be specified with cursing, and Allah knows best. And if he was corrupt or an oppressor, then his case lies with Allahu Azza wa Jal. Imam al-Bukhari narrates, he brings a hadith on the authority of Ibn Umar, that the Prophet sallallahu said, the first army to raid Constantinople will be forgiven. And the commander of the first army to raid Constantinople was Yazid, the son of Muawiyah. And Abu Ayyub al-Ansari was with him. I end of this discussion of Yazid radiallahu anh, or Afwan, just Yazid, with the saying of the great Imam and the great scholar, Imam al-Zahabi, where he says in the Seer A'lai Nubala, لا نسبه ولا نحبه that we do not curse him nor do we love him and this brings us to the death of Hussein radiallahu an which was on the 10th of Muharram in the year 61 of the Hijrah and this took place on the plains of Karbala 
And here we need to mention that this grandson of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he received many letters from the people of Kufa. That we have an army of 30, 40, 50,000 people willing to support you and we give bay'ah. And when Hussein radiallahu anh sends his cousin, Muslim, to go see what is the situation, he finds that the situation is contrary to what we find in the letters. And Muslim, may Allah be pleased with him, he could not get to his cousin in time to inform him of what is actually happening. So the people of Kufa, they deceived Hussein like how they deceived Ali, his father. And if you look at the books of history, you will find that many of the companions, they told Hussein not to go. And many of the companions warned him of the people of Kufa. And Allah Azza wa Jal knows best. And this was the plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to show you the regret that the people of Kufa had, a group came out of them known as the Tawwabin. And what does this Tawwabin do? They started beating their chests. And this beating is a process that carried on and on until we see it today. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Ya Abdullah, Ya Amatullah, O slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the way forward is to read the books of history, to understand what is our way with regards to Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah regarding the Ahlul Bayt. Next week, inshallah, we will look at the Ahlul Bayt and Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide and protect us, to forgive our shortcomings. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa astawfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.